Uh, hey, what's up, guys? Uh, welcome to the show. Last time to Brooklyn. I'm Tom McCaffrey. Alex Bashir. Eric Bronstein's not here, but we have a guest. Good. Uh, Sorry. Good, yeah. yeah we don't Eric. like him. Um, John Viner is here. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming. No problem. I flew across the country for this. <laughs> I know. We appreciate it. Um, so we met. All right. Let's just start from the beginning. So. Wait, you grew up in in Manhattan, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So did I. Where did you um, Where did you grow up? In like uh, what area? Upper East Side, uh, in the '60s. And uh, where did you go to Where did you go to high school? I went away to prep school for high school. Ah, uh, okay. In Massachusetts, but I went to St. Bernard's here in the city on 98th Street. Um, and we're I, we're around the same age. So, what was your experience? Because I people don't realize um, that you can how, grow up in the city. Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird thing. Don't you? Isn't sure. it? Isn't it funny? Like you, the reaction you get from people where you'll be like, they'll be like, "Where are you from?" And I'm like, "New York City." And they're like, but like where? And I'm like, "No, like Manhattan." And they're always like, "Wow, really?" But the thing that's amazing is no one. Um, I've even forgotten about. Like it was so dangerous back then. Do you re- remember that? Yeah, I was not supposed to take the. I mean, I don't. I don't think I took the subway till I was actually. I don't really a couple years ago. It, yeah, a couple years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I think I was really uh, sheltered for a while because it was like, you know, as a kid, you can't just go wander. So my my universe was was just a few avenues. Yeah. So were you? I mean, I was pretty sheltered, but I remember like once I kind of got out in the eighties, like high school, and I had to go on my own to high school i remember being i remember being like terrified like the city was like very scary to me like do you like the subway was just was like no man's land well i just i just think when you're like six and you see something you don't have a reference point so you're just like oh this is this is what life is yeah and you don't you just don't you know it's the same kind of idea that like and even if someone looks angry at you you don't think you're gonna get punched until the first time you're punched and you're like oh an angry face means i might get punched Mm -hmm. right right yeah, I guess I um and then and then it became like the uh, like the late 80s got really but if you went away to school were you not here that much? Yeah, I wasn't here for the late 80s. Oh, uh, okay. Cuz I feel like it got well, Actually, that's real. not true. I I got thrown out of prep school for a semester so I spent time going to a uh, a uh, I don't know if it would be a school for wayward souls, but it was I went to a, a place to keep you from being truant. For, oh, is for, that what, were you like skipping school? No, no, I'm saying that I had to go somewhere, so my parents sent me to this. this oh, okay. What'd you get in trouble for? Uh, well, I you was, don't have to talk. No, no, I, we, it was just uh, some friends and I uh, wound up borrowing a school van after hours. Ah. And then, oh, wow. Yeah, and then it, it was found out that when one person driving after we'd been dropped off crashed the van and then oh we, we didn't know that so it was like how how did people know that we took a van i mean was there like a quarter tank of gas missing and then it was like oh no there had been a giant 
crash. Right, right. <laughs> so they obviously knew someone had borrowed the car. Oh, jeez. Um, or the van. But uh, it was... Uh, you couldn't take the New York City out of the kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm just stealing, borrowing where, cars. Where in Massachusetts? Was this like Western Mass or like no, close to uh, Boston? No, just about 45 minutes outside of uh, Boston, okay. Concord. Oh, okay. So so that that's that's just what's inter- interesting to me. Like when I meet someone else who grew up here because it's very because i had the thing uh you live in la yes and when i lived in la i would run into people a lot and i'd be like oh where are you from and they'd be like new york new york and i'd be like oh me too like i'm from like manhattan like where are you from and they'd always be like well i mean you know like new jersey but like yeah, i no. used to go there all the- and i i found that happen a lot in la because i feel like people go to la and kind of mm-hmm. try to form like some cool identity, you know, like yeah, from New York City. But it was funny. I feel like I would like, um, I would kind of like bust people, not really on purpose, but that would happen a lot because people are just like lying out there a lot, you know. Um, well, I think like then they don't have to have the New Jersey conversation or the, you know, well, kind of outside Long Island. Where were you? You know, like, yeah, I, I, I give people the benefit of the doubt, but there are times where you bump into someone and they're like, "Hey, I grew up in I grew up in the city." Oh, so did I. Where'd you grow up? And then they're like, "Well, I, I grew up twenty five miles out." You're like, "So you didn't yeah, and it never works <laughs> the fine. other way." Yeah. Like when I meet people, I'm not like, "Oh, I'm from New Jersey." <laughs> like, <laughs> well, "Oh, where in New Jersey?" Oh, well, I'm Manhattan, but like I used to go to New Jersey <laughs> yeah. um, once in a while. So <laughs> I uh, so that's why yeah, it's, it's just interesting to me that aspect. Um. So, when did you did you start comedy here in New York in Manhattan? I invented comedy in Manhattan. <laughs> uh, okay, nice. Yes, thank you. I yeah. That's I, why I, you're here. Yes. We wanted to meet the guy who started who started it all. comedy. Uh, yeah, well, I, I got out of college and then started bouncing around with different jobs and doing. Uh, I wound up going to uh, Chicago City Limits, which was a. a Sketch yeah, company. or not? Actually, an improv troupe slash whatever. Uh, was that on the Upper East Side? Yeah, like, yeah, that was on. I think first. Was it near Dangerfield? Yes, yeah, it was like yeah, right I across the street. I did a show there once. It was horrible. So I feel like someone sandbagged. At Dangerfields or at this at Chicago City? Oh, Limits. Chicago City Limits. Okay, they like knew so many my, old clubs I've never heard of or seen. It was like kind of an improv club. Yeah, right? I mean, it was it was before UCB and yeah. I mean, I, I feel like they were they were doing their own thing and they had really talented people sure. in the cast and it was funny and I wanted to do sketch and stuff like that and it's one of the then i took a class there uh with one of the stangle brothers who actually wound up running the uh the letterman letterman show yeah Yeah. and uh but anyway i was taking like sketch classes and one of the things i did i think while i was doing sketch i was also i started doing stand-up in one of the classes as like a bit right so i was i think i was doing like sinatra on his 80th birthday and it was like I'm sure I was very hacky. I don't have to even worry about it. I'm sure I was. And I put no makeup on and like just did a doo-doo-doo thing. But it was like my first time on stage. I'm like, oh, this is much more fun to interact directly with the audience, especially when you were behind the guise of like, I can say anything I want because I'm... I'm pretending I'm this person. Right. Right. So if right. I do an off color joke, it's not me doing it, it's this person doing it. Yeah. And and you're already buying into the history, but then after a while, uh like in 2000, oh sorry, 2000, 1996 is when I started doing stand up. And did you start like cuz when I first met you, I think it was around 97. I met you and Josh Hannes. And you guys were working at Stand Up New York. You were working the door. Yes. And I was there because I, I I had done these like sketches with a couple of friends of mine randomly at a show. And 
this woman. Do you remember a woman named Vivian Paxton? Oh, yeah, yeah. She hosted a lot of shows. She came up to us and she was like, hey, you guys, I have a show at Stand Up New York. You should do your sketches at on the show. And I was like, yeah, we were like, yeah, cool. And I had thought about Stand Up before that, but I had done it a few times and I just, it, it scared me. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, and we would do these sketches uh, in the middle of like a stand-up show. And they actually went over better than I... Looking back now, I'm like, that shouldn't have gone over well. You know what I mean? Because when you think of just like a sketch in the middle of a stand-up be show... Honest, it does sound pretty awful. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds weird. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. So, and also, this the stage was very small. So like, Is it the same stage they have? Or have they I, no, they've, they've renovated a bunch okay, of times okay, since. Yeah, but yeah. it really was like... Tight. So if you were more than two people, you <laughs> yeah. couldn't do physical. Yeah. Hits. So wow. Vivian Paxton was really into that stuff, like sketch comedy, and she was doing it at. And I remember it was when like uh, she was good friends with Zach Galifianakis, and probably when you were working there, he was like kind of coming up. I think. Yes. Stand up New York. Yeah. Carrie Hoffman was was um, managing, managing him at the time. Yeah, and then Carrie was like, "Hey, I want to manage you guys to us." And I hadn't done stand up yet. And what happened is we were doing sketch for a little while, and I was around these stand up clubs, and I was like. You know, I don't, you know, and I'd see comedians. And I was like, I can like do that. You know what I mean? Like that looks better than what the hell I'm doing. Cause we would bomb sometimes. It would, cause it, it got like weird to people that we were doing that. And actually another group we would do it with was, um, where you, you probably were cause I think Josh was a good friend. It was, um, Bobby Tisdale and 80 miles oh, yeah, yeah. and Lisa Delirious. Delarius had a, a group, a sketch group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we would do shows with them all the time. Do you know you know they are? No, I didn't know those three names. No. The other, I mean, yeah, Galvin eighty Atkins. miles is pretty big now, right? Were you, and well, he was he he ran uh, Fallon's show for a while. Uh, oh, is he not there anymore? He was like no, head then writer. He moved out to L.A. Okay, okay. But, so you were so you were doing stand up and uh, and did you kind of start at stand up New York or just kind of? So yeah, actually, my friend Arden Marine, uh, who's acting and doing very well yeah and yeah she's I, very I funny and sweet she uh she once was like hey can you want to not can you she said hey would you like to come see me do stand-up up at stand-up new york and uh so i said sure and we went and she was like you know and i at the time my friend alec and i uh, alex sulkin who i still work with and know for since 1987 geez. uh wow. but <laughs> but anyway yeah she was like you guys should try stand-up and like within you know, a matter of months of her starting to do stand up, she got on a TV show. Oh and so, God, so then it yeah. looked like. She oh, was she like, had just started stand up? Yeah, she just, she, I mean, she wasn't. She, she, was she like, was she like in, a, in the acting lane before? Yes. Yeah, okay. okay. But, okay. but she, and then she was like, you guys should try this too. And so, <laughs> she's like, this I, is yeah, easy. I'm, I'm now, <laughs> you're, you're 23 without a TV show. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, um, I, I think everyone has their own path and it's always tough it, when people ask you, you know, so how do I get into the business or in that same way? It's like, this is how this person did it. It yeah. will probably not work for you. Yeah. What was the TV show that she got like immediately? Uh, I don't want to misquote. I want to say it was called Working. Was it like was, a sitcom type of thing? Yeah, I think it was Zach on it. I don't want to miss. The, it wasn't the show that the Scalar brothers had. What? No, that it? was Apartment 2F. Yeah, because I remember Zach Galifianakis was on that. Right, he was on that. I don't. I, I. You know. I don't have a laptop in front of me. And um, well, we, we can. We can. You know, this we can, all. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It was Point called is, working. There are a lot of people working. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> no. But just so then we. I started. You know. I went uh, and did. I think a bringer show there. And at some point, I think Carrie or whomever Carrie Hoffman or whomever was like, "Hey, uh, 
you know, if you want to do spots, you can work the door and then you get to do spots at the end of the show. Right. So I was like, oh, this is a great opportunity. And at the, you know, and you basically got uh, a free slice of pizza while you're working there. Right. I oh, think right. we even got a little bit of cash. Oh, wow. Um, which then they ended and it became like sort of internships. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> Still going on today. Is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then there was the other. The pizza that is like the too. standard um, door guy, check spot, slice of pizza yeah. type of deal. <laughs> well, do you remember also like around this time? Because I started stand up around like, like 99. And I felt like at that time, it was like right at the end of, hey, you know, you uh, you do stand up and then like they see you and they're like, you should have a TV show because kind of what you were talking about. Like, yeah, that was in. the end of that. I, um, I, I, I basically was at the end of the checkout line where they go, I'm sorry, we're closed after the person in front of you. Um, and so- also, I feel like <laughs> at that time, it wasn't... Um, it, like not everyone was like into doing stand up at that time. I feel like it wasn't very popular. No, at that it time. wasn't. I, I I'm still amazed when I hear that like you know stand ups are are sexually wanted by women. Oh, you know yeah. it, when they're in L A, it's like oh my god, we're all going because these girls. I'm like wait, attractive women want stand ups. I was like I yeah. can we couldn't even get an audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 then if you went up, it was like. Oh, what's wrong? Daddy issues? What's going on? Like, like you, yeah. you had to explain that you were okay off stage. Oh yeah, and even yeah. that was like, how do you make money? There's never a good. Now it's just like I, I don't understand it. Like you could just think the internet and podcasting yeah. and um, yeah, I think the internet and the fall of cable. Like, not really that cable shows don't do well. There's a few that do well, but like network television used to be the prize, and the late night spot used to be the prize. But now it's like. You know, you have your own podcast and you become you have an Instagram following and you're super famous. And to these, you know, 20 year olds, these 20 year old women who were born in 2000, you know, who were born in 2012. Well, they were born no, in literally I, no, year no, 2000. It's, it's I mean, right, right, when yeah. you really think about that, they've always had Internet. So like they're they don't look at TV stars as like current celebrities. They look at them as like, oh, those are like old timers. Also, like, no one really even watches TV anymore. That's what I'm saying. So their celebrities are these internet personalities who are like the people who lead the charge of fame on the internet are like comedians right now. It's pretty crazy. But I mean, yeah. So also, when you think of mega famous like rappers and shit, but like, I mean, it's pretty close. Comedians um, and rappers are the most famous. <laughs> it's kind of true, man. Well, I also find it crazy when, you know, I, you're not allowed to make jokes about anything. So yeah. it's just like, yeah. how are comedians at the forefront? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's why I think Vine took off, even though it was, uh, you know, pre uh, Instagram. Well, Vine broke a lot of comedians. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it was also because you had six seconds, you didn't have, you, you, it wasn't really, it, you weren't really being intellectual as much as you were doing like, uh, like just spastic visual, visual yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think that that's something you, I mean, I, I used to, want to make films and all this stuff you know and and i did like i you know but i was shooting on 16 and right if you wanted to right. shoot a five minute short the cheapest you could do it for would be like three thousand dollars yeah yeah and it was just and you had to like rehearse and make sure you had every line down which actually is a great skill set true but at the same time now it's just like your iphone is 50 times you better can like and, ma- yeah people get a million takes it doesn't matter yeah so no, things. it's 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 ama- it's amazing. So I remember I when I took a class at, at Comic Strip in like '99, just to like it forced me to get up on stage at the end. And um, when you took this is how different it was. But when you took a class, and the, remember this was when the strip was like 
Yeah. When this when I started, the strip was like the cellar, how the cellar is. Wow. Oh yeah, you know, there's this line down the block twice a year for all of us who wanted to yeah. see if we could get a spot, and then you would like find out in the next six months when your three minute spot was that you could go audition, right. and then you would be told inevitably at the end that you're, you're not, a white guy. You're a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have that? Oh I, yeah, no, I had that every time. I I, ha- I I don't think there's ever been a time in my adult life where i've not been told you're a white guy as a bad thing <laughs> right right yeah. do you think and especially everyone's Same. always like oh white guys have it so i'm like not in comedy it's the complete opposite that was i auditioned three times at the comic strip and she, and the first time i like didn't do well and the second time like the third time i did well and i had like tv credits and she was like yeah but you're a white guy like what and i was like right no white guys have ever well, well i think the well. argument also is like when people go look at that staff of writers it's mostly white, white guys, guys yeah. but what you have to realize is that there are probably 150 times that many white guys exactly we're trying to get that job yes. right because it's white guys like doing this thing yeah. so <laughs> even though yes. there are a lot of white guys in comedy it's that's why the line is all white guys and then a few right. other so, people. Right, so, yeah. No, no, the, I mean, the, the writing staff... <laughs> Three white guys talking I, It's about, true, yeah, I was yeah. going to acknowledge that, but like, but it's true that, like, if you look at a writer's room on, like, I don't know, any late night show or, like, a like a modern... It is disproportionate not white guys because the amount of white guys in comedy, you would actually have nine out of ten white guys as writers. Yes. But you, you have five out of ten. And that's still seen as a problem. That's too many white guys, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I it's well, it is what it is. That should be the name of this podcast. Too many white too guys. Many that's, white good. Guys. <laughs> that's this episode. Actually, we just got um, too many. So I was just going to. So basically, this is how different it was. So like when you when you took the class at the comic strip, you got you did a bringer show, but also you just got two regular spots on a strip show, and the strip was like the almost like the level of like the cellar now, like. So I just took a comedy class, and he was like, "Yeah, you're going up on the strip on Monday night at nine and. I mean, I just, you know, when I just started comedy, I didn't realize that. How, that, how coveted a spot that is now. Like, yeah, just, yeah. Like, that's, like, insane that they would just be like, yeah, yeah. Like, but that's how different it was. It was, like, right before everyone, like, comedy, stand-up comedy became really popular. So, But I still have, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it a, a, a chip. It's kind of just a slight wedge of wood. Um, maybe it's bigger than a chip. Uh, no, but I, I, <laughs> yeah, went, yeah. I went to the comics. Two by four. Yeah, two by four. No, I went, I went to the comic strip. Uh, about a month ago and i still got even though i have i've had my own career and i've done my own things the fact that i haven't passed at that club and that i can't go get twenty dollars for a set is still i have the same thing it's like i was like wow what's i think it's because we started we it's still in our psyche like whenever i've done the strip i'm not like past there but i do shows because now it's just like people produce shows there but i mean that's all they have left all right. Well, I, I don't think want to it, yeah, talk yeah. them too much, but no. But, but when, I, when I'm there, I still in yeah. my mind think like, "Wow, I'm at the, str- I'm performing at the strip." Even though now it's just kind of <laughs> like, like but I, you know, back yeah. then it was like getting past at the strip was like huge back then. Yeah, people still line up. They do the three month audition thing still, which is crazy because no one really cares about. I mean, the shows that they do there aren't like a huge deal. The house yeah, shows, yeah. But people still like. I know, like I started comedy about three years ago, so I'm very new, but. Um, I know a lot of people that are in like my class that have done that audition process where like they tell you when your audition is like six months in advance right. or yeah. whatever. And I, to me, I, you know, there's people that are just hungry and they want spot. But I was like, why are you even like wasting that your energy trying to get that spot? Yeah, you're basically like, you're 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 spending an hour of your time in line or two hours yeah. in line to get a three or four minute spot. But then you at least can get hypothetically a tape 
Or, right. or when I, I'm saying yeah. a tape as if anyone has tapes anymore. But yeah. well, well, we do, but we have but our you own do on phones. your phone. Yeah, yeah. But, but <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that yeah. you, but you can at least then have your set. I mean, we had like Peter Klusman back in the day who like was the oh, yeah. only person anyone knew who so, like, could videotape really? something. Yeah. And then there was one guy. There was one guy in New York, and so you'd go to Caroline's. <laughs> yeah. so Caroline's is once you There was only like, one camera back then. Yeah, there was one camera. <laughs> and I, I also invented the camera. <laughs> but, okay, cool. And it's that same angle, that Caroline's angle. Is yeah. that is that have I seen oh, yeah. this guy's videos? I'm sure oh you yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's, yeah. it was everybody but you would wait until you had what you thought was a good six minutes. Yeah. And then you would call everybody in the world that you knew and you'd be like, I'll buy you drinks please show up right yeah and then you had to get at least like 15 people or something and and you know people in the beginning will be like i'll come out to your show and then after like the second oh, yeah. or third show they don't come anymore yeah they're yeah. literally like you're still doing that yeah after like three months it's like, like now it's just really sad and then they come <laughs> yeah, to the shows and the shows are usually bad and as my father once put it to me he goes everybody was terrible but uh, you seem to have some stage presence so that was <laughs> that was the level of compliment i was getting um, right. Well, yeah, you look real comfortable up there. Yeah. It, it, oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, compared to those other people, <laughs> um, that is so brave. Oh yeah. I could never. Lot. So when you, all right. So I, so I went to LA after I started for a little bit, and then I remember I came back, and this was a really interesting. So I became, I was at a party, and I like you were at the party, and I remember someone was like, "Oh, someone introduced me to you. I, I had met you before." And this is it, in LA, or this was here? back in New York. It was like 2002, I think, around then when I moved back here, and um. You had just done like uh, you played like Chevy Chase. Oh, Do you yeah. remember that in like uh, that movie in like the the Gilda Radner movie? Yes, I remember. That. What um, movie? They made a movie about Gilda Radner, like a TV movie. Yeah, right? it was, it was a, a ABC you know, oh, two cool. hour. So and you played Chevy Chase, right? So I that's did. pretty. Like, was that one of your first kind of like? things that you did that, yeah it was, i guess i remember when i heard those like wow that's that's pretty cool I, I was i had a great time i was i was surprised that they picked me also because i i was in new york at the time and auditioned here at abc so i was like on tape for an assistant and you just you know you just assume which i think most of the time i'm right is like when i yeah. do an, i do a voiceover audition i know i sound bad today but you know it's, it's no, no you got a great voice <laughs> Hi, thank, thank you, you. um <laughs> But uh, yeah, you just think you're sending it into the into the ether and it runs away. And because you're like, so I worked really hard in this audition. I sent you the voiceover audition. What happened? And it's like you didn't get it. Did they hear it? Maybe. Um, right. And so right. then when I was like, they, I know they're casting out of L.A., but I was in New York and I somehow got cast. I was like, this is crazy. They sent me up to uh, to Toronto and we had you know whatever it was like a 10 day shoot or something and it was yeah, so no, much that's, fun I mean, and, then, well, that, and then it aired and it was you know i was like wow this is no but that's like i a, could do this i mean to yeah. be i don't know it just seems like because i was pretty early right in your career kind so like i don't know if if i was early in my career and they're like hey you're going to be playing like one of the comedy icons of that you grew up on right? oh I mean, my god I, yeah i mean yeah. at the time you did know, you ever get to meet him or anything or i did uh <laughs> I, it's, were you like hey i played you uh, well so i when i just started working at family guy uh he came in to do a voice because we were doing like a spies like us uh spoof, uh, wow even okay. though that's a spoof but uh yeah so chevy chevy was coming in to record and the showrunner at the time david goodman was like i'm gonna tell him you were in this because we were yeah. all like bringing posters for him to sign and stuff and he, and I was like, please don't, please don't tell him. It's not. It's yeah, not you don't. Gonna, you never want. That. Yeah, please don't. He goes. He goes. If you don't tell him, I'm going to tell him. <laughs> so I finally went up and I was like, ah, you know, because it's not. It wasn't like in public. Like he's, 
He's right. signing stuff at a table. Was he su- was that like intimidating going up to Chevy Chase? Uh, yeah. I mean, I you know, definitely. <laughs> and he's know, not supposed to be really idol. nice, right? Well, I, I you know at the time, I this was like 2005, so he hadn't done Community and yeah, sort none of, of that. It's sort of like not faded, but you just didn't know where what he was up to or right, where he was right. at. Sure. Uh, and so I went up and sort of like it was my turn to get something signed. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, hey, uh, thank you for signing this. And also, by the way, I played you in the movie of the week and without looking at him he goes yeah i never saw it yeah <laughs> yeah and i was like you could be my dad <laughs> yeah um, and then and that was it like he didn't like all i wanted yeah. was the for him to turn to me and go this guy and then you know give you like a, a grab on the shoulder and go get out of here i'm still here you know right um and it was funny I, this is a total non sequitur but it is related so it's not non sequitur uh we had a table read the other day at family guy and uh, uh, Sam Elliott came and sat next to me. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Sam Elliott? Yeah, yeah, all right. So he wound up, uh, you know, reading. He was hysterical. I, because um, sometimes if Seth McFarlane's not at the table, uh, then I'll double some of his parts and other people will double, you know, to, to so we can have like a full, you know, as if it's a, still a full table read. And so I got to sit next to him. And at the end of the thing, he, I mean, he had, he had blown the roof off the place. It was so funny. And, uh, then he turned to me and he goes, you guys are funny and put his hand on my shoulder. And I was like, if this had happened yeah. 25 years ago, I would be, I'd be in another line of business and very wealthy. Right. Because I'd be like, right. it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know? Or I wouldn't be. You know, I, I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, I know Sam I Elliott, be in comedy if someone had ever said, you're okay. Especially like Sam Elliott. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it wasn't like a Star is Born parody. Or a, he's, he's in a Star is Born, right? Sam Elliott. Wasn't that Chris Christopherson? Yeah. I don't know. Is he, is he in Star is Born? Oh, and the new one. Yeah, the new one. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see that. Yeah, he's in, I was like, Chris, am I Sorry. that wrong? Um, no, he's in the new one. Um, he's the. I, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't see, see it. it either. I, I. I don't know. Tom I loves that movie. I do. I really, he loves I really it. Like Much to your movie. internet point um, uh-huh. of how the world's changed. Like we, you know, mostly when you're in these guilds, you get sent screeners so sure. you can vote. So by the end of like, you never get the movie you want to see, but by the <laughs> yeah. end of the year, you have like a stack of, of movies that you can watch at home. So I, I don't actually wind up going to the theater that much. And then when you see the stack, you're like, that look, now looks like homework. It's very weird. Cause when you first start out, you're like, I would kill yeah. like, my, my whole childhood was having VHS tapes that on, that had a sticker on them that said $179, if not returned. Right. I know. And, Isn't that and crazy? You, and that was when, you know, as a child, you could make two seventy five an hour. So there was never, like, you're like, there's right. no way I could ever pay this back if anything happens to Stripes. So right. You, right. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. yeah, that was back when, like, videos, like, they. I remember when video stores just came out, they'd have the new video, and it'd be, like, $95 to $95. buy it. Yeah. Is that crazy? That's in- I've never heard of prices this high for Oh, no, it was, there were a lot of them. It was just basically, like, because I knew the machines were expensive. Well, because it was crazy to like yeah, the have... machines were expensive. Everything was expensive. Because it was just crazy to like have a movie that had been in theaters like in your house. Like it was just so insane. Yeah, I'm to have. spoiled. I guess I would, you know. Well, now you can just have it. it. Now you can just make them in your house and they. But literally. Right, so yeah. so so fast forward to so when did you start on Family Guy? How did that happen? Did you uh, start? You started as a writer on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, that's still basically what I am. I just occasionally do voices, but I I was. In New York, I finally decided to move out to L.A. and make it big. And then I wound yeah. up immediately working in a shoe store. <laughs> and and I, that was a very low point. Um, not because a shoe store is bad, but because you think you're moving out to L.A. to be successful. At the time, I did move out, and I was doing warm-up on the Late oh. Late Show on CBS. Oh, wow. And then that job was uh, taken 
back. Uh, and uh, really? so then I was like, I, back. wait, what do you mean? Take I, I was, I was relieved of, of yeah. Uh, uh, I've never heard it. That's a very good way to describe gig, it. Man. It was taken back. Um, um, yeah. So, you, so, so, so that, the late, late show, uh, who was hosting it? That, that was Craig Kilborn. Okay. Kilborn. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I wound up actually right after I did the, uh, Gilda Radner thing, I wound up doing stand up uh, as a guest on, the late late show oh great so it was like my first debut debut. yeah debut and i was really excited and 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 that was like huge at that point it was like huge to do like a tv oh yeah up until a couple up until six years ago it was a massive deal i would say yeah 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 no and it 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 was it didn't turn into anything except that they said hey you know would you like to do warm-up we're missing we're not missing or they needed another person to do warm-up right right so i was like yeah, because I, I, I sort of came with the attitude, which is I don't think necessarily right. As I said, everybody has their own path. But I I had had it drummed into my head. You don't go to L.A. unless you have a job. Right. And so I kept sure. I kept going out there, but I wouldn't stay because I was like, I can't. I don't want to work in a shoe store. And yeah. then I worked in a shoe store. Um, <laughs> and that was awful just for me because I was like. Because you I, hate shoes. I hate You know, I actually I'm just I'm terrible <laughs> with people. And I'm just. Yeah. I, and I, I didn't mean to be a bad employee like. I just it was I'm I'm not good at at, at I feel like working at a shoe store would be like I, a job I would really not want like um I don't know why I just don't think I'd be good at retail's the worst shoe anyone that's worked in retail but it just stores it, it just just like describing you working at a shoe store just sounds like a oh, bummer well also it's like you at the time I think I was making eleven dollars an hour or something or eleven fifty an hour yeah and then they forced you to take an hour for lunch yeah and then where the shoe store was was a fancy neighborhood so if you didn't bring your lunch lunch would cost you eleven dollars so now least. now you're down like plus taxes you're like you're out and they make you take an yeah, hour and you not, have not, to take an not hour. half an hour like no you have to yeah, have an hour you have for to, lunch yeah, so you get like a seven hour work day so you, you know you're making seventy seven dollars and then yeah. now but you're making counting? sixty-seven dollars. <laughs> yeah, and right. It's right. Like, you know, even if you work five days a week, that's less than you would get on unemployment. So you must. Yeah, so that is, that's the thing. When that equation becomes that you could be making more money for, from unemployment, sleeping it. it makes no sense from an economic perspective to have a job that is that shitty. I guess I don't know. And were well, you they, just, did, they did have a commission thing. We had a split commission, and I think okay, that's good. No, it, as I was going to say, it was like I think. It added sometimes like twelve dollars a week <laughs> to what I, so it was like a shared commission based okay. on your hour. And I was like, how am I incentivized to sell a pair of shoes <laughs> exactly. if it's a pooled commission that's one percent right. of a hundred dollars? So pair at of this shoes? point, right. things are going really well. So yeah, it was really yeah. And, and were you doing like were you, so? Were you just like were you doing uh, comedy? Like were you doing stand? Yes. Were you, yeah, were was, you like did you want to do stand or did you want to act? Like when you went out there, you're like, I want to be an actor. I, I know I wanted to. I, we we had been doing a sketch show here in New York and. Uh, with some people and then Alex Sulkin was in it but then he wound up getting hired at the Late Late Show which is how I kind of met everybody and wound up getting to do stand-up on it Uh, but so he had kind of shifted over to writing but I was still on the hey I'm I'm relatively in shape and for a comedian I'm good looking so maybe I'll be able to act someday and uh, so I you know I was I was chasing that but stand-up to me I never enjoyed as much as sort of the sketch stuff because even though it's funny when you said when you were doing sketch, you're like, I'd rather be doing, I'd rather yeah. be doing stand up. The thing that's great about stand up is if your joke didn't work, you can always get, go, all right, I'm going to fix this. And the next joke I'll make. Right. Work. Right. Yeah. But if you're in the middle of a sketch, you can't Ooh. go, all right, I'm going to cut this part. Cause I don't think it's going to work. Right. Cause you right. have a narrative form that you can't change unless it's improv. That's what I always hated about. Like when I made, like I made a film once I was at a film festival and 
I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Just I'm just going to sit back, watch the film with an audience. And that was really hard because I was like, oh, this is so the opposite of stand-up. Because if it's not going well, I can't re-edit the film right now. I just have to sit in the movie right now that they're and i know they're not gonna they're gonna keep not liking it so it's weird yeah i think that was the thing i liked about stand-up it was very like yeah you're constantly in the moment you're more in control i mean but i i there's so many things i don't like about stand-up well i don't i just don't like the fact that you're having you're having a two-way conversation but the other person's not talking and so there are only so many colors you can come up with Uh, i mean some people are great at it but i I, you know I, i feel like the good the good stand-ups someone had said uh way back was like you you got to make it like a story so that once you're telling a story whatever it is you're not then, really pausing for like well the individual jokes stop mattering as much right, but if you're a right. punchline driven comic you know and you get you have two bad jokes in a row you're, right. you're you're constantly starting from scratch but if i'm telling you a story about like a vacation trip i took with my family yeah. If a little piece doesn't work, you're not going to go. I'm off of this story because you had already liked. Yeah, a bunch that's of really on the interesting because there's a, a lot of comedians like that. Mm. That actually, like Nick Swartz, I'm a big fan of, and I feel like that's kind of what he does. If you listen to Nick Swartz and he's hilarious, but it's not all just like laughs. And if people don't laugh at certain parts, it, it doesn't like stand out because he's just kind of going. It doesn't even need to be a narrative story in the sense of like you know beginning, middle, end. It could be the story of who this person telling jokes is, like a Nick Swartz, yeah. and that's. If you're yeah, an interesting yeah. character, I think that that goes a long way, and I think that gets forgotten a lot, especially in New York City comics. And I think a big part of yeah, punchline, punchline. Yeah. It's it's very interesting because it, it's you know I've been doing stand up so long, and I'll still like pick up on things like that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he's not really killing the whole time, but he's never like acknowledging if it's not going well. He's always just kind of who he is. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's very when when I watch comedians now and they'll like a joke won't do well and they'll be like, oh, they just acknowledge it over and over. It yeah. it becomes like their style, and you're like, yeah, this, now I'm like uncomfortable. Or people have bomb lines, you know, yeah, to, to cover just to make sure you get a laugh back. Maybe. Yeah. And you yeah. can overdo it. Like I've yeah. seen comics just overdo it because they're so joke based that you kind. And I mean, I think I I was guilty of it for a while, and I've really tried to stop doing it. Um, it's hard not to develop bomb lines in New York, though. I mean, it just happens. Yeah, you bomb, yeah. and then you figure out something funny to say about it. Like, luckily, I never bomb. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, those people who are like, oh, I never bomb. It's always like the worst comedian. Yeah, always, like, I've yeah. seen you bomb. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the people who say they never bomb wind up getting TV shows because it's like, wow, you're really confident. Yeah, Whereas, sure, you know. Yeah. You, you know a human being comic will come off stage and go, I, I could have done better. Yeah, but it's usually the really good comedians that are like, they, like, like David Tell, I feel like, yep. always feels like he's like, seems like he thinks he's really bad at comedy. <laughs> it's insane. Um, he literally always is upset. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right, so, how did, so how did the family so, guy think? When, when did you start working on that? Uh, so I, I started working in 04. Uh, so it takes a year to get the episodes up and running. I guess did you were you there? When did it start that show? Uh, well, they, around then in '99 right? it, oh, it aired oh, okay. for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That so seems, this is 20 years ago. <laughs> that seems older than I remember, though. They well, had they, shows. They so they they did 50 episodes um, in in three sort of uh, half seasons. Kind okay. Of. Uh, and then the show got canceled. It got like went through multiple cancellations. Oh. Then it was like semi finally canceled. I think in '02, and then. 
in 04, because the DVDs were selling so well in 03, they realized, like, I forgot what the number was, but, you know, at $20 a box or $30 a box, they were, they, you know, they made, they must have made like a billion dollars. I had those DVDs. Oh, my so, God. So all of a I sudden, those, yeah. Fox, you know, the smart people at Fox were like, wait a minute, we just made a lot of money. What if we made more of these? Yeah. So, uh, or <laughs> 20th. But uh, so then, I so when you came out, it was like already huge. Yeah, well, we were the we were the reboot um, of or not reboot, but like we were when it came back. So yeah, a lot of a lot of the original staff uh, of writers came back, right? But there were people like myself and uh, Alex Elkin, Wellesley Wild, and Patrick Meegan. There were a whole bunch of people who were new to the process. Um, so I mean, it, it was it was great because I had been doing stand up and sketch for however many years. I mean eight years at that point uh, and or more, but I had never had a sitcom job. I worked as a writer on, I, I'd submitted late night jokes and gotten them on as like a faxer. A fax machine is a machine that you can send things. <laughs> right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, I'm aware. Uh, You copy and send. Uh, but yeah. I've never used one, but I'm aware. <laughs> uh, and then, nice. and then I also, there was a, sh- uh, a couple shows on oxygen that I'd worked on. And one was like, we taped live and oh. it went and, and we, I mean, it's funny because at the time, I'm sure it's still the numbers are terrible, but we were getting like a point oh one or a point one, and it was like this is the worst thing on television. Now, if you get a point one, it's like actually we're getting a point one, right? right. Um, so we are reaching people. What show was that? Uh, it was a show called Trackers on Oxygen, and okay. uh, so yeah, that that, that was that my was, favorite show. I think I was the point oh one. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it was. I think I think it was actually whatever we network was at the time women entertainment right? yeah yeah but I, I don't know if it was we that i or lifetime maybe but basically there was a competing channel to oxygen that tried to do an audit to to force oxygen to show its ratings to prove that it was doing a bad job in the ratings <laughs> to show how much better lifetime was so Jesus. I, I think oh, that's, that's how we found it also we had like an internal meeting to explain what our demographic was and i i, I don't want i'm gonna probably misquote this but it was basically we were our demographic was uh, women in their 30s or 40s who make over $100,000 a year and don't watch television. Yeah, so that was, I was like, okay, rough. so our, our, our demographic doesn't <laughs> watch tough. and we're going to go get them. Yeah. Um, so did you, when the, the family, so did you know someone who's that family guy and like, how did you, did you well, submit so, it for it or uh, something? You know, so I, I got to know Seth MacFarlane through uh, Alec and Wellesley when Family Guy was down. And uh, so at the time I was just pursuing stand up, but you know, I, we would yeah, do yeah. karaoke and hang out and, he, and you know, we all really got along. We're all about the same age, you know, had the sort of the same references. And at the time I was like trying to write a sitcom because a lot of my friends were, you know, it's, you know, in the same way that, that acting is, you know, I, I was just getting very sick of the truth of acting, which is wh- whether it's a compliment or an insult, you still didn't get the job. So if someone says you're too good looking or too ugly for the role, whether you want to take offense, it, it, either way you didn't yeah. get the job, but as a writer or even as a voiceover person, you don't you don't hear that note right right you know so it's like you there's if you can do a good job on the page you're more valuable than just oh you look a little young you're a little old you're a little right this, right or there's like a more you you have there's an opportunity to be more consistent on the page because it's about what you write and not necessarily what the role is and what you look like or yes like yeah i mean yeah. you have you have the ability to control right a lot more um yeah so so yeah I, so i wound up i started writing some scripts and at the time uh, Seth said that he that American Dad was something he was working on and it was going to come out and I was like oh that's I mean maybe I'll ask him but I didn't want to bother him and then in the middle of all that there was starting to be talk of well they might bring back Family Guy and this show American Dad at the same time and so I went home and I this is like 
I was at the shoe store. I went home to see my yeah. parents. In oh, you still at the shoe store? Oh, okay. Yeah, and I was. I was basically like, I'm going to have to move back to New York because I, I was flying back to New York every other weekend, um, or every other week, basically to do my old job that I did here. Oh, um, really? Because they, I could actually make like twenty two dollars an hour. So <laughs> right. I would, I would oh, come wow. back and work like sixty hour weeks so that I could afford to live out in L.A. Oh wow! What a, um, what that, a was, that was actually after I had, I, I, I couldn't take it at the shoe store anymore. So then the I was like, I'll just go back to New York and make. I'll work really hard right. at a job that pays me better, and then that's hilarious. Sleep on so you were couches. like, you had a job in New York City, and you were living in L.A. Basically, yeah, I was, and then I was at some point, I was like, this isn't working. And then a couple things happened in a row, which were was I, I set, I asked Seth after after a Christmas break in 2003, I went home, and my parents were like, hey, come out and go to these parties, and I was like, nope, I'm going in the, I have to write a script, I have, to, I have to yeah. save my life. So I went and <laughs> I wrote like a, a a spec script to try to to have a second spec script to get on family guy. So I wrote a will and grace in the style of family guys with a lot of cutaways oh, and, oh, and random nice. characters. And, and so I wound up distributing that to any agents in LA that would talk to me, all of whom would, were like, I don't even know what you're doing. Um, this doesn't make sense. This will not help you. I mean, there are some funny things in here, but it's just, yeah, this, this is not a script of a show. You will never get work. And so no one would sign me. And then I, uh, you know, in desperation, I asked Seth, I said, would you be willing to read me? Because, you know, I hate asking friends, which yeah, is also sure. another. So that's always the most fun part of this business. Yeah. yeah I mean, everybody's asking. And I, I think that there is a way to ask friends, um, which sure. is like, I'm asking the least amount that I can ask. And if you like this, this small amount, right. I can give you more. And you're offering. You're offering something because a lot of friends will just ask. Just oh. because they want to get something and not offer anything in return. Well, there's so, a, the one thing that yeah. drives me crazy is yeah. is like when someone gives you a script that they're writing, like, "Hey, can you read this?" Yeah, and then you read it and you're like, "Do you want my notes?" They're like, "No." <laughs> oh, like, so you just gave me something to do? Like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? this was an hour and a change of my time. Why read my work. <laughs> yeah, read my, or or the other yeah, one here's is a puzzle. Yeah. Put it together. Or for the me. other one is like. Uh, I, you know, I think you really should change the second act because it winds up, you know, derailing the whole story. Um, and, and then they'll be like, you know what? I've heard that from a lot of people. And I was like, well, then you should, once you hear it from one or two people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. fix it, then send it out to me yeah. and, and then I'll give you back and then send it to the next person. But like, right, there's right. a, there's a right and wrong way to yeah. for sure. ask for help. But anyway, so I, so did you, how did, how, so how did you approach that with him? Well, I, I mean, you, I just, I, you know, I, I, I he was, did you ask nice like if it. he would read your script? Yeah. I said, would you be willing to read something? I, I totally get it. If you, you don't yeah, want to, yeah, I yeah. said, yeah, yeah. Send it over. So I sent over that script I've been working on and he liked it. And then he said, do you have anything else? And I, I had a, uh, and everybody loves Raymond script that I'd written. Yeah. Um, and so that, you know, I was able to send as well. And so then he, he kind of not kind of, he definitely expedited the process and said oh, yeah. that, you know, that I, I would be part of it. And I actually became a team with this other writer in the beginning because the budget was so low. Mm. A um, family guy. Wow. Yeah, really? So we wound up uh, teaming up and then getting on the show. And then once the show got back on its feet, that's and, when it was huge. Right? And yeah. And then, and then I got split up with the, uh, the writing partner that I had. So, and are you? So, are you? Do you still write for it? Or yes, I, I'm. I'm working on the show uh, part time now. Did you ever? Was there a time you ever left and went to do another? Yeah, I, 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 I've left a few times, but uh, so after about four, no, six years. So I was there for six years. And, and when, when you got that, were you just like, oh my god, this is amazing? Oh, it was. I mean, you know, there, there, it's happened a few times in my life, but. Like where you go to work and then you go, oh, I like for the first time you're not checking your watch yeah. or you're not like, you're not going like, I mean, I, I used to sit at the desk at different 
companies and I'd be like, I make a penny every four seconds. <laughs> yeah, 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 so I would, yeah, in my yeah. head, imagine every four seconds, there'd be like a clink, clink. Yeah. Right. And I was like, this is bad if this is how I'm breaking it down. That yeah. like, this, I am, I'm putting pennies together. Yes. Right. Um, That's a lot of free time. To think. Yeah. You're just like, you're like, I'm so unhappy. I'm doing the math of. How do I get out of it? Yeah. money. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, I've I mean, like, that. you know, once we got to Family Guy, it was also really fun when it started. I mean, it's still fun, but it, it was it was fun because I'd never been in a sitcom room. And also, you know, this was Seth MacFarlane was in the room the whole time. Mike Henry was in the room the whole time. He plays Cleveland and Herbert mm-hmm. and a million other right, characters. Right. Mm-hmm. Alex Borstein was there and does Lois. So if they would start having a conversation as the characters and we laughed, we knew it was funny. Right. And so you got to kind of watch the show as it's being created. And, and if we're laughing, it, it, pretty sure America's going to laugh. Was it like, so how many writers, when you first started, how many writers were working on it? I think, I think it was 13. I think there were 13. Of and us. did you guys, was it, would you, would you guys have a lot of control? Did it all kind of like live and die with Seth? Like, yeah, like- I mean, it was Seth and the showrunner David at the time. I mean, but I mean, Seth always knows uh, what he wants, or at least gives the impression that he does. You know, but yeah. like to us, it was it was great because it was generally binary. It was like you pitch a joke and he either likes it or he doesn't like it, and great. And and if he likes it, it it has it'll stay probably right because he has belief in it. Um, but you didn't have a lot of like execs who were being like with like noting you to death. Or I think anything. in the beginning, I but you know, as a as a writer, you're sort of shielded because the. I mean, the one good thing about the writer's room, which I know that there have been different issues, there was like that whole friends writer's room issue where like, I think the writer's assistant got upset and felt like, basically, oh, I, I've never heard of that. Oh, no, I, I don't, I don't want to misquote sure, it, but, sure, sure. but it was basically sort of, it spoke to the issue of like, you should be able to say whatever you want in the writer's room, as long as it's not, if it's, if it's towards the script, but if you want to say an off color word, you, you shouldn't like, that should be the one place where you have a playground to right. say things because you're trying to find the joke. So sometimes you have to say very inappropriate things to yes. get a laugh to then bring it back to a place that's okay. Right. Right. And so that it, it always felt very safe where you could kind of, that was the one space and we actually in the writer's room now have, because there's like a glass, uh, I don't know if it's a Claire story, but like up in the top of the, like the the wall separates from the ceiling by like a foot of glass, uh, right? And we just I, I don't know who did it, but finally they just put uh, foam, big foam padding all along that, so that like anyone outside can't hear. Good, like, so we don't uh, have to feel hilarious. guilty about good anything yeah. we're saying. But did you guys ever get? Was there like flack from that? Because that show was kind of was there blowback about like like pushing the envelope to it? Because didn't that show get a lot of like? Like oh that was too far that was too inappropriate uh, you know what I mean like I, I mean I think these the, the standard, standards and practices lot, right? you know the, yes uh, you know I, I think there there have been you know over the years tons of people who have taken issue we've had to remove certain bits that have aired once and really and people have taken offense can you specifically remember any. Uh, I remember the I remember you guys mean like a Matthew Broderick killing someone that's with his car. fucking hilarious which dude. i loved because i i, I, had, I have, it, a, I have a joke about that yeah and i feel like that was i remember <laughs> i remember when that happened and i, I thought about story. it later and i was like wow like people don't realize like matthew broderick was a huge star that like, killed people like at the height of his career well, he wasn't killing people. <laughs> no yeah you're making it sound like way worse <laughs> i, I than know i know but it sounds funnier i mean yeah. he, and he i love you know, i love a, a celebrity at the same time he was responsible he was for it, came, it was right out it was when ferris bueller was out in the yeah. theater i'm just saying like what a different time like i barely even heard about that like i it was kind of a nobody thing I knows heard. that 
it was it wasn't was it, no. wasn't it like in England or somewhere. It was I in think it was. I think it was in Scotland, Scotland. or yeah. something. Um, because he was driving on the wrong side of the road because he didn't know. Like that's what I mean. He like killed. I mean, you know, he it was his fault. Oh, for sure. But, it, but imagine yeah. like now, like if like a huge movie star just like yeah. Killed, but I mean, Caitlyn Jenner, yeah, yeah, that's killed true. somebody on the road and. I, you know, we don't hear about it every day. And as of recently, um, the, the yeah, roast, she was on the Comedy Central roast. I know a few writers on the roast. Specifically, the note was you cannot bring up the car crash death. Oh, did yeah. you write? You, you've written so, yeah. on roast. I, right? I, I wrote on a few that uh, Seth. Seth oh, yeah. Seth used to do the roast. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. The one um, with Patrice, I remember, was classic. And, yeah, those yeah. are really fun. I mean, I. I Is that it, the Charlie Sheen one? Yeah. I, I was never that was never really my style of writing, but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's also weird. I mean, this is a, a non interesting point, but like as you get older, like around the time that they did the roast of like James Franco, I was like, uh-huh. I don't want to roast somebody younger than me who I like I, I don't know, it just yeah. becomes it becomes a different thing. It's like that's that's what's weird about the internet and everything. It's like I've been forced because of I think all the jobs I've had to try to stay current. Um, but at some point it's just like, you know, whatever movie, like for us, Ferris Bueller's day off is a huge deal. And then for like the people who are eight years younger, clueless was a huge deal. And then like, when you hear people say like, Oh, you know, how to lose a guy in 10 days. I'm like, I don't know. And then, you know, like, but (laughs) like, like, that's a huge movie for me. But I'm saying super (laughs) bad is huge for like, is right. And then, and then now like, I'm sure book smart or whatever the one. Sure. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. A role model. But I'm saying like, yeah. But the thing is you, you only have one adolescence. So now it's like by the time you get to a certain age, you're like, you're far away from it. Yeah. Like I can't go, People are like, "Have you seen Booksmart? It's really good." I'm like, "I'm sure it is." Have you seen Pen Fifteen? I'm like, "I'm sure." It's like, and then I watch. Have you it. seen what Pen Fifteen? What's that? I've never heard of that. Well, it basically means if you, penis. it looks like penis, but it's it's these two oh, these yeah. two adult women playing fifteen year olds. That's hilarious. I've never heard of that. And I'm yeah. good at like keeping up on that. All right, yeah. No, and, and it's it's funny. I'm just saying that like there's there's a certain amount that you like you can't keep up with over time. Yeah, that's right. I thought it was funny. It's very telling. You you made a stripes reference before because. Yeah. Well, that we're, was on VHS. It was like in 1982. Right. Well, I mean, three, it, right? my, you know, our adolescence, that was, I mean, it's probably a big part of why we went into comedy. I remember like um, <laughs> when I, you know, got into comedy later, I'd be like, you know, uh, you know, what I really like, I, I liked a lot growing up, Bill Murray. thought he was really good. You know, I mean, it's just hilarious to me that like I, I like worshiped Bill Murray when I was a kid and like thought like I was one of the only people. But it's like everyone who was around my age who got into comedy, like obviously. Well, you didn't have any choices. Like people are like always like, oh, you know, you you're one of those guys who probably quotes Animal House and Caddyshack and Stripes and Ghostbusters and whatever. And it's like, right. yeah, there were those were the only or, or like or Beverly Hills Cop, or whatever. Like these, yeah. Were the, yeah, yeah, there were not that many outlets for comedy, and they'd have like three movies a year that were yeah. like comedy. Dude, I think that's totally fair, and I guess yeah, there's like now there's like internet jokes, which I. I hate I hate internet jokes. I don't know what by Felicia means. I just know it exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and I had and you I had know what it really Dan doesn't Daniel, mean. Much. Someone had to show me, and I was like, "Why is this happening?" <laughs> Which one? Da- Damn, Daniel. Yeah, damn I don't Daniel. know. I by Felicia. I guess just means <laughs> it's really nothing. Honestly, by, by Felicia just means like there's bias. also these yeah. joke it's forms. In, like, wait, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry, sorry I didn't, by Felicia. We shouldn't spend more than half a second on. But there's there's <laughs> we've already spent. So we've much. said by Felicia to by Felicia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bye. We don't know what by Felicia means. Let's talk. Bye. about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's these joke forms that are coming out of the internet, which I kind of hate because it's like this hive mind joke form. Like I don't know if you've seen on Twitter or whatever. It'll be like 
no one colon yes, nothing yes absolutely no one colon nothing and then like whatever event just happened and they'll insert it like you know donald trump said something i don't know yeah i hate that joke so much and i see it like over and over again on comment sections i don't think they come out of the hive mind it's interesting it's not you can't attribute it to one one person anyone can reuse it it becomes like a meme but it's in joke form so it's really interesting. I, I don't know what that's going to mean for comedy long term, but I definitely think that we have so many different like reference points now. So many well, there's just quotable two. Things. I mean, like I, I mean, it is a thing. I'm having my getting older moments now. Of like, I'm just like God. The world is so. I'm just overly but even. Even yeah. I don't even know if it's a generational thing as much as I think the internet is so culturally revolutionary or whatever you want to say that even someone I'm 27 and I am feeling old with a lot of these like inner with, with a lot of what's happening right now oh I, it's yeah i mean and i like super bad was my reference point for my high school comedy that was my and it came out it was perfect it was exactly my experience like it really and like, you guys have to like really be up on what's going on right, right, well, so, right. That get so I'm, saying, I'm i'm watching things anthropologically more than i'm watching them for like i I just i just feel like i have to see what people are doing and then if i like it that's nice but it doesn't really matter it's like my point is i have to figure out what is it this person's doing how can i make fun of it in a way that but people who watch it also that show and he was kind of known for making like more obscure older references like the matthew broderick thing i remember like stood out to me because i was like oh wow like i feel like not a lot of people are aware of that so but that's still a do joke. you remember that like yeah, probably- yeah but i'm saying that's a joke probably made in 04 right about, and then if you think of it, the timeline of it it's not that i mean we also we had a whole thing which i i was not I didn't put in, but it was a, just bringing up multiple times that Laura Bush killed yes. a guy. And yes. Like, and so it just. Oh, right. That, right. I forgot. She, but, she, with her car, right? Yeah. But they always kill them with their car. Yeah. But that's, that's. But hilarious. that was also like, you know. You don't hear about that. Yeah. I mean, but it was, it was one of those things like this is in the news. It's, you know, but, yeah. but we also would get weird blowback because, and this was always political inside, not political politics. But if, if we wanted to make fun of somebody who was being paid by any of the companies that Fox or 20th was involved uh, right, with, right, sure. they could sort of kibosh it and say, yeah, we have a deal with that person. You can't make fun of them. I'm sure. Not, yeah. not like you're completely right. You're allowed to. It just be like, <laughs> do you remember anything? Did you ever come up with something that they were like, no, you can't, you can't do that. Um, I, I don't want to be misquoted, but I think we had something, some joke. It wasn't even a harsh joke, but I think it was maybe about Reba McIntyre. And at the time, she had one of her Reba shows on that was connected. So it was like, yeah, you can't do that because Reba might get upset. Uh, okay. It was like, don't mess with that makes Reba. sense, yeah. though. It, it does, but at the same time, it's kind of like we're an equal opportunity offender. And, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. it gets us angry because it's like sure. finding comedy is so hard. Oh, I yeah. Mean, that's, that's the thing that, that I, I don't think. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I admire people who want to keep coming back to it, but the blank page is in the same way. Like every time a joke bombs, you're now at zero again. Yeah. Right. And it's right. just at some point, like even if you come up with the funniest thing in the world, as soon as you stop laughing, you're back at zero again, and you have to build. Well, it's a really, yeah. really depressing way to view. <laughs> but, but when you, no, when, but you're right. Yeah, you're when 100% you're trying to build right. a career, or you're like trying to. I don't know, have sex with people and yeah. or, or you're just like, <laughs> which trying, is why you're building a career. Yeah. Right? Or you're trying to make money, whatever it is. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you go, all right, I'm just going to keep coming back at long it. term, yeah. long term. But it's like, it's a, it's a really punitive art slash commerce situation because it, 
I don't know. Like you, you, you're already on to the next. You know what I mean? Like the laugh is even on stand in stand up. The laugh is already over. I would always want to get off stage. You know, there's some people that in the dry, middle. <laughs> yeah, we're in the middle. No, like, I get like if I get a big laugh, I, I'm I want to get off as soon yeah, as possible. Yeah, it's like, if you're even, I was never opener, one of those people that ran the light. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you, but if it's like if your opener gets a big laugh, you're like, I'm not going to beat this. Why don't I just go? Yeah, that's kind of a bummer actually <laughs> when you do a joke early that destroys and you're like, I don't know what. I usually address. I'm like, I got nothing better than that. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. There's people. I never understood those people that they'd be about to get off, like their time was up. They'd get a big laugh and they'd keep going, yes, and then they'd ruin it. And I, because I like a lot of times get off early. I'm like, all right, that was it. You know, like well, shorter the better. I, I mean, I was reading because I'm I'm always trying to figure out the meaning of life and not doing a good job at it. But <laughs> I was reading some pseudo philosophy book, and it was talking about like the things you remember are basically like one moment and then the end. So it's like if you go on vacation and you have the best vacation of your life, but then your flight is canceled and you're in right, the, and you right. have to stay overnight in the city you hate. Yeah, then you had a bad vacation because that's yeah. how you remember it. But like people don't like you have to you in the same way that you could like Game of Thrones. Everybody loved Game of Thrones. Uh, then for some reason the the hive mind or whatever decided yeah. we don't like what they're doing, and now it's like yeah, Game of Thrones. Pff. It's like you spent oh, ten hilarious. years of your life loving this thing, right? And then you kind of like the last part. But you got mad at it, and yeah. now you yeah. hate, or even like lost, like lost. I, big, yeah, everyone's watching Lost, thing. and they're like, "Oh, they pooped the end out." I don't like it anymore. Yeah, it's that's like, why it's funny when you see that's, that. That's a great point. It's funny how you see that with sequels. Like, there, it really is a risky and thing. Long term like, TV shows. Like, though, I feel yeah. like they did yeah. that with Anchorman, like the Anchorman yeah, too, a little bit. Like, I really didn't like Anchorman, and I, it is like. Um, it tarnishes Anchor. I could. I always just think of Anchorman too, and like how I. Did you did you see Anchorman two? Did you see it? I don't. Think I, I, I did, but it doesn't tarnish Anchorman I to me. I mean, I I, I remember. Of, I love Anchorman when, when I saw those. Steve, what was it Steve Carell as Brick or yeah, whatever? Yeah, that was so funny in theaters when we watched when that first. No, came I, out, I loved it. Where he was just saying, "I came." It was like that gibberish stuff or whatever. And Will Ferrell was perfect as Ron Burgundy. Like it was, it was so funny. Just kind of, I just feel like it now. I'm always like, yeah, it's kind of like with Caddyshack. They made Caddyshack too. Well, that's that was ridiculous. Um, and that was that was a, a huge not the same thing. I loved Arthur yeah. when they made Arthur too. It's like I loved That's it, true. But you still love Caddyshack. Yes, no, you I still do actually it, still love but, Caddyshack. But I think even with Ted, you know, Ted yeah, was a super it, successful movie. Then Ted Two yeah. was considered not successful, but still right. made hundreds of millions oh, sure. of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it was tarnished because it didn't make as much as the first at the time. Groundbreaking. And you're, you're in Ted was Ted, great though, right? I don't know. I I am barely in Ted. You're in yes, it. I, I am. Who are you in Ted? I always He's have Ted. this conversation. I always have this conversation where I'm like, I was in Ted. People say it's my favorite movie. I've seen it a million times, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I was like, I'm I'm the guy. I'm a foreign guy with long hair at the at the uh, car rental company, and then people go. I gotta watch it again. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, you said you just saw it a hundred times. I have to see it a don't. million and one times. So no, I like, remember seeing it and, be, and seeing you in it and being like, oh. were you wearing like a wig for that? Yeah, like, I had a okay, wig on. so kind of unrecognizable in a way. Or well, yeah, I was just doing a foreign guy accent. Okay, but I mean, it was really fun, and I was very appreciative, and still am. That, That's awesome. That, that, no, are no. you in the second one? No, uh, I, I'm in the second one as a voice i think i'm on i'm the police dispatch or something oh uh, okay cool. do you so you work on his movies too right uh a little bit i mean he they uh alec and wellesley basically wrote the the million ways to die in the west and the ted oh. movies uh with with seth and and then there were some times where we came in and did punch up or if there was anything you sure. know the round table kind of stuff and you, and you you wrote for him when he hosted the oscars right yes what was that oh, like? yeah i forgot about that that was really fun i uh was that how long like that was 2013 
But yeah. like, how long out does that start? Like, how long before? I would like say months? five months, four months. Yeah. So are you just sense. like writing jokes and submitting them to tell, like showing them to him? And uh, I, well, we were, yes, we, but we were kind of putting together sketch ideas. Yeah. And, and then, and then helping him build the things he wanted to do. I mean, I, I think, I think he, he really went at it to try to make, you know, make it interesting and different than it had been. And, and like, you know, we came up with fake movies and they did a sock puppet flight. One. Yeah. I, I think I did uh, the voice of, uh, we, did you get to oh, go cool. to the Oscars? Yeah. We, well, so we, what was that like? Well, I, I, we were in the back, so we were in like a, a writer's room. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but still, I, 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 I went to the Oscars when I was 10. Really? really? I was on the Oscars when I was 10. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You danced, so like right? I like performed on them. <laughs> it's a really random story, but <laughs> He was also a good because dancer. it was it was it was me and a bunch of kids. I wasn't like a a male young aspiring dancer. I like it was like I got involved in a thing, and it's a long story. Um, and um, but I always that's such like a pinnacle moment memory in my life, mainly because I was ten years old, and it was so kind of like it was such like a big monumental thing that I wasn't even aware of, but. If you're like in showbiz, you know, you're pursuing showbiz and you had worked at a shoe store, like when you're at the Oscars, are you like, I don't know, what's that like? Is it just kind of like, this is crazy? What was it like what you thought it would be like? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't out, like we were, we were backstage, but I, I mean, it was I know, but like, you know, no, it was, it was great. I mean, I, 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 I <laughs> the weird thing is that I don't, and this this has happened a lot, and I'm not I'm not complaining about it, but there's something about reflected glory that has no effect on me. So, <laughs> like like when I do Comic Con panels, which they I've done a bunch, and and I try to do my best when I'm on there to answer questions. But if you're next to Seth Green and Seth MacFarlane and Mila Kunis, oh, God, yeah. you're looking out at a room of four thousand people, and I'm six inches away, and I could be naked, yeah. and no one would know. Nobody cares. Right, <laughs> so right, yeah. so there's like if there's a freedom in that, which is you're not really taking the hit. It's like in the same way that I, and I, I, I don't want this is, I don't want to say, I want to say it the right way, but it's like, I don't take pride necessarily in the success of family guy. I'm happy that I am able to do the jokes, but when people are like, it's a funny show. My first reaction is well, thank you. I'm a part of a big staff. And, and also we have, you know, now we have 18 or 19 writers or whatever it is. And on top of that, we have hundreds of really great artists. And then we have an overseas studio that's drawing all this stuff. Sure. So it's like, you know, and then we yeah. have great voice actors. So I, I, I don't know. It's you know what I'm saying. Like when you, the, no, I, yeah, when I, you're I, doing yeah. stand up or something, that's when you're everybody's looking at you, and you are ultimately responsible for your thing, which so is I, good and bad. It's good and bad, but I'm saying you own everything that happens, and and actually, even even if it's good as like a stand up, when it's all you, I even think that can be overwhelming because even like. You know, sometimes if I have like a you know on a very small scale, if I have a, like a a good show or something, and a lot of people like or come up to me. It's kind. Of, it does kind of overwhelm me and make me uncomfortable. So I sometimes I think like these like hugely. So you're saying there are lines outside of your <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> afterwards, just like can you sign sign my breasts? yeah lines of uh, yeah yeah. Well, um, so well, no, but I'm just saying like so these people were like huge stand-ups. I I feel like that would be the the um the coup, even like on a something that's good and positive would be like overwhelming. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's all you. It almost feels like it'd be better to be like. Oh yeah, I'm part of this thing. There's a lot of people. It's not me. So like being Seth MacFarlane would be like crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think the. I don't know what my answer is because I've never been famous. But yeah, yeah. I think that you 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 run after it, but I, I, at a certain point, 
I love my anonymity. So yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I like the ability. You're kind of in the perfect situation. Yeah, I like to write jokes. I like to do voiceover. Yeah. Like, I, I've had three people ever go, your voice sounds familiar. And that's like, and I've been doing voices on the show for 15 years. And I've, and I've done voices on Phineas and Ferb. And I've done voices on yeah. the Cleveland show. And, and like. And do you think it's an older thing? Because I find like, when, I, you know, when you're younger, if you want to get into showbiz, you're like you want the attention and like if someone's getting the attention you're like i wish that was me and now that i'm older it's more like oh this i feel like this would be weird now like you know what i mean, you know what I mean? like as you get older you're not as concerned you, you start seeing it's not it, i feel like it's a young immature kind of thing do you know what i mean yeah i don't i mean i i don't know exactly what the, the base need is but I, I yes i think it's i'm trying to get my name out there all this other stuff and then you know the idea of like if i were at the airport right now and just trying to have a coffee and read the newspaper to have people bother me even if they're trying to be kind yes at some point you'd be like yes it's me hi i'm just trying to read the paper yeah at some and, point and, you... and i get why celebrities oh seem my like God. they're gruff and grumpy well but... especially like and well, i know it's, it's a nightmare and i, I mean think, they literally, and I, 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 I totally i can't empathize with it. i've never had it but if you if i couldn't go out on the street and just do a normal errand i mean it would affect my day-to-day life like and my probably my emotional like well-being Right, I, I know, mean, that's I what I mean. It must be scary because I feel like when you're younger and you're going to showbiz, you that's, that's kind of you're, you're desperate you. for that thing. I'm right, not. and you think it'll like no. Uh, well, I I, I I think, but then when I got I got to a certain age and I was like, you know what, like that sounds like, like I knew people that young like got yeah. became kind of famous, and I was like, man, that must be amazing. And now that I'm older, like I'm just like, man, I that seems like they it must be a night because. If it goes away a little bit, then people kind of start shitting on oh, you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. becomes- oh no, I know. Well, imagine if like a, a your money goes away, but people still know what you look like. Or yes. if you were like John Belushi now and he was still alive, right? And people are just like, hey, let's let's down uh, some Jack Daniels. You're like, right. I'm 70 years old, right? <laughs> Legit. Yeah, but it was just like, and I think that also happens when you know if you play like a a drunken mm-hmm. character, it's like, oh, like oh, you got to come party with us or whatever, mm-hmm. and you right. probably do that for a while, and then yeah. you're like. Wow, I'm bottoming out. What is my life? I'm not that character. Right, I just happen so, to be in one thing. Sounds it's like a, like a terrible nightmare. Honestly. And I think it's just when you're young, you you know, especially now and how society is now, like it's all about attention and your brain. I mean, in your 20s, I feel like it's still kind of like forming. And I, so I guess I I guess I'm just saying like maybe when you I don't know when you were younger, but I feel like a lot of people who go into comedy or showbiz like want that attention. But did you find well, you, when you got older, you were like, eh, you know what? Like this is no, fine. I definitely I don't like I I think people are like why aren't you acting more and i'm like i I don't know what i would get out of it like at some point you start to realize certain people who are like big actors they're also like you're like what else do you do well i also have a restaurant chain i work you know like they're like i can make just as much money or i i I flip houses i do like whatever it is they're like i can do this and be profitable and i don't have to worry about right the the positives and negatives like one of the guys from guns and roses became like a um like a CPA or something, you know, what really? I mean? like a financial consultant, okay. like he was smart. He like, he, he, he had a lot of money and he got out of rehab and the band wasn't big anymore. And he's like, I have a lot of money. I don't want to be those guys on behind the music that just the manager steals all the money. So, yeah. um, it's just funny to me that, you know, that one of the guys from guns and roses is a financial planner. Um, I think, I think it, it like, just so to have you counter- thought about becoming a financial planner? Because <laughs> I went to law school f- four years ago, and I it was I was still doing comedy, but everyone was like, "You can't be a lawyer and do comedy." I was like, "Well, I mean, why not?" Like, and I and they're like, "Why are you going to law school?" I'm like, "Because I need a way to make money." I'm like forty three, so, <laughs> but it was weird. It was like comedy was the only world where like I was like 
people i was like shamed for it you know what i mean yeah no it's it's it definitely is weird how people that, that's why i'm saying in the same way that i i get weirded out i think i even said that to you it's like i got uh before but i was like i got weirded out uh at the comic strip because yeah, it's yeah. like it's like the idea that you're not That's on stage hilarious. anymore. It's like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm writing. It's like, oh, couldn't hack it as a as a, uh, stand up. And I'm like, I mean, I could be like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, it's like, oh, I just went to the Oscars. Yeah, I mean, give me like, I created Google. Yeah. Oh, couldn't hack it as a comic. Right, Those right. jokey jokes yeah. weren't working out, right? Yeah, yeah. It's no, like, it's like, funny like, how that never goes away. I, th- is, I think it's partly because maybe that's your first. It was like your first goal. Nah, there's something about stand-up. Though, I don't know. There there's is just something, something specifically about, it, yeah. about doing stand-up comedy in New York that is very like competitive and like petty. It really oh, it is. is. Well, also, it, there's. I mean, I, the thing I liked about starting in New York um, that didn't apply well to LA is that the stages are generally small, like Tiny. real estate's small and hard to come by. So they get as many chairs in the room as they can. Yeah. And then you have to be smart. And then, you know, it's like you would listen to the, like David Tell would be writing these great jokes and you'd be, uh, you know, I'd be watching going like, oh, I got to write better jokes. I write better jokes. And then you'd get out to LA and, and no offense to him, but you'd see like, I'm, I'm saying no offense. I'm going to take, no, but I'm saying like someone like <laughs> Dane Cook sure. is, yeah. is taking up, you know, like a 600 square foot stage yes. and using every inch of it yes. for dancing and jumping and like right. kicking and, and people are loving it. And I'm like, sometimes like, I still don't know where the joke was, but everybody's laughing. Right, like, right. I can't compete in LA. And, and then you just yeah. be talking to someone who's like, I'm an acting, but my manager thinks I should do stand up. Right. And, and in New York, you're like, you only do stand up if you have to. If like there's something in your body that yes. like or in your head that won't sleep if you don't do this. Yes. But it's a stupid right, thing right. to go after. And then you meet people who are not very funny who are like, my manager says I have to do stand up. And then like a year but later, they, you they, see them like getting a like a no, part totally. of a special, and you're like, you're still you still shouldn't be doing stand up. It's <laughs> not about. Then I kind of I did stand up here for about six months and then went to L A. and like. I, fa- I was there for two years and I was like, this is not where you come to become good at something. Because what happens is I got into stand-up and then I was like, no one here is really it, like, becoming good at stand-up here. And I, that's why I came back to New York. Um, I was like a New Yorker at heart. So, But I, we, we, we should wrap up. We, I, I know yeah. you got to go. So, uh. Well, no, uh, this is very interesting. I, I just I, One last point. I think the thing that you're making, uh, the point you're making about when you're younger – and you go into show business, you're like sort of like, I want to be the star. I guess like, I don't know if it's so much about age. I, I do think things are changing with like the whole gig economy and stuff. I think people in their early 20s, people my age is in their late 20s. Uh, we realize that we don't want to work in a cubicle. And ha- not that we don't want to, that it's not sustainable to do that for 40, 50, 60 yeah. years. Um, and we want to maybe establish some sort of online presence and figure out a way to make money and enjoy the way you make money. Like I, that's all I want out of show business. And, and, and I don't, if it's show business, if it's something else, whatever, I love doing stand up. Maybe I'll meet some people in the industry. I have met some people in the industry. Like maybe there will be a way, but my goal was never like attention for myself. So I, I don't know if I well, think that I mean, maybe, maybe different. things are changing. I do think a lot of people that are younger might have a better understanding of like, Oh shit, long term, I'm going to need to find a way to make money that I enjoy making the mo- like, like that yeah, I'm but I, I think myself. you're, you're making two points. Like the, the, sure. I think that there are friends of mine who did, who did stand up yeah. as a way 
to test out material because they wanted to be writers. Ah, yeah, and then yeah. you had other people who would just were like more like me, who was like, I liked writing the jokes, but like I don't care who writes the joke. I want to go out uh, and do okay. the bit. Okay, and so I like think you that, were like when you started, you were more like before you were into the performing. Yeah, like I would love it. to have been the next Chevy Chase. Like I like I loved right, him as an idea right. of like be funny, but to get there, you need to be seen, and you can't wait to get cast. So you have to go on right, stage and right. say funny things. I see. I see. Um, but at the same time, if you're a writer and you have to, you want to get your jokes out there before Twitter you know or other ways to get things out there you you had very few right avenues, right and, and what's, like, what's also interesting is like because i you know uh, you know when when i was younger the, the people i looked up to i was kind of like oh i want it because i was like interested in i was always funny but i was like interested in acting i studied acting before i ever did stand stand up was like a thing that people were like you should do that and i was like all right um but then when when it comes to when you get older and the people that you kind of are like trying to aspire to be that you don't realize but the business has changed completely so there is no way to be that guy again you know what i mean so no, it's it, weird it, how you have to and like it's moving faster and faster into weird right. like accelerating the internet makes it so that i mean what's crazy is that vine had to close yes it wasn't working then tiktok comes which is vine, vine. and now tiktok is huge and you're like I don't understand. I don't understand how the same thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the same way that like, you know, suddenly ice cream is hot again or like, or right, you know, right. like now everyone's eating poke, you yeah. know, like whatever it is, like these things sort of sneak up and then you're like, I can't go a block without like eating fashion a, a cube of, yeah. Because exactly. I'm even like still, you know, grappling with the idea of TV kind of not being a thing anymore. Dead, but dude. I, I mean, not, not family guy, but like, I no, mean, no, but, but people, I mean, people don't appointment television anymore it, it, at so, all. Yeah. Right. And I still like, because I grew, you know, it was so different what I grew up on. I still am like clinging to TV, but even I'm like not watching it as much, but well, I, I think also there's a miss. I mean, I, I don't know. You, I don't know if the medium is the message or whatever, but it's like, hmm. you're going like, you are, when people say, I don't watch TV, they're like, I don't even watch TV. All I watch is Netflix. I'm like, right. do you I mean, watch Netflix on your TV? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're like, you, you, you're watching something on a screen. So essentially, right. you now have your TV in your pocket, whether you call it NBC.com or NBC TV. on. Yeah. on well, TV. what they mean is, what they mean is, I don't watch cable. I don't pay for cable. I think that's what people mean when they say that, or at least that's what I mean when I. When yeah, I've but said it's that. like, yeah, you're you're not like turning on the TV and fl- even though I do a little yeah, bit, flipping like flipping through, through, or yeah, like oh, it's eight o'clock. This is on. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's also. I mean, not that I'm new to this anyway, but it's like, or this is noon anyway. Is like everything is so fractured that you can't like what was so good in a weird way is like there were we're all watching growing pains at the same time. Right. We're all watching full house yeah. at the same time, because that's the only option at, at that time. If you're this age and yeah. since you are a prisoner of your house at that time, <laughs> yeah. that's what you have to watch. And now it's like, people are like, have you been like, I am always amazed how many people I sort of tap on, on Instagram. And I'm like, how do you have 19 million followers? It's and I, insane. and I, and I don't, and I can't even find what you do. I have no I idea. Know, like, I, I, <laughs> I've never all the seen time. you before. All the time. I, and maybe you bought a lot of these people on the way there. I don't know. Or these are bots, but I'm like, it's crazy that I'm, that this exists. I know. It's kind of like when there's a TV show, this was years ago. where like, like there was a show called Suits, you know, and yeah, they'd yeah. be like the ninth season of Suits, and I was like, the ninth season. Like I, I've never spoken to one person <laughs> who has mentioned Suits. I couldn't name one actor on Suits. This is the ninth year. It was so weird to me. That's how like showing how things had changed. That Gabriel mocked. 
Is that one Very of the main guys? So. But you know, you know what I mean? There's a lot of shows like that where like... No, no I know. Like, I like, just, you're on a show for 10 years. I have no idea who you... Supernatural I is like... The only reason I know Supernatural's still on is because I think TBS runs it like 15 times a day yeah. in reruns. But it's like, why are you still... Ma- I, yeah, you're right. No, but that's, it is tough. There's no like general, you know, sort of locus where we all go, okay, we right, all agree right. that this is... In the same way with like, you know, if you're talking about the news, it's like... I heard this. You hear this because you're going. So like, there's you're right. Fractured. Because there's yeah. completely different I, news being told. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. But so when you're doing a joke, like your interpretation of a joke, I, I, how am I supposed to make a reference? Like when we do TV gags at Family Guys, like we now return to blank TV show. It, most shows are whether even if it's Netflix, they're not getting a lot of viewers because they're just getting a certain group of people. Yeah, yeah. So you, in, I would have to like we now return to suits, and you'd be like, I can't name a person on that show. I guess that's funny. <laughs> I've never seen the show. Right, right, right. Because now there's just way, like every day on Netflix, they're dropping probably like twenty hours of new content. Yes, it's, it's, it's a bunch of so you wouldn't even be able to sleep. You'd have to watch everything. And it's not, impossible. Yeah. It would be. It's just a bunch of different niche audiences. I'm just all watching Suits all day on Netflix. Yeah. Um, all right. Well. All right. Well. Hey. Th- uh, John, so watch me so on suits. I'll be on next week. <laughs> so yeah. John created suits. John invented the suit. So um, this was right, great. Thank man. you. Yeah. It's very fascinating. Uh, Sorry, it wasn't funnier. No, it was fantastic, man. We're gonna we're gonna add in some. Okay. Lines. Yeah. We pipe in the laughs. You know. Alex great. is a good impression of you. So. <laughs> Do I? Oh, okay. <laughs> we're gonna punch it up. No, no. You're great. Thanks a lot. We appreciate yeah. it. Um, Thanks for having me. We'll see you next time. Right, bye. 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 Better look on map. Besides, me not like the eye fight. Me not think such a thing is worth a man's life. But if a man tests my style, I promise he won't like my reply. Boom, bye bye, like Buju. I'm Kushu. I'm a Brooklyn boy. I may take some getting used to. Chain snatching, ain't have it. Gotta get it. Same from Brownsville to Brain British. Fatherless child, mama put double shift. So the number runners was the only one to hang with it. Well, you know it, I'm in the game, bang, fit if Fit no orangutans, pity old kid apps Like oranges is, I'm dangerous Tell me what the name of this Brooklyn Dodger them, I jack, I rob, I sin, oh man, I'm Jackie Robinson, set when I run base, I dodge the pen, lucky me, lucky lead, they didn't get me, now when I bring the nets, I'm the Black Branch Ricky, from Brooklyn Corners, burning branches of... Spread love, Biggie, Brooklyn, hippie, I pity the fool with jewels like Mr. T with no history in my barrel. They borrow with no intentions of returning tomorrow. The sun don't come out for many like Annie. Half often, mama never had an abortion. Papa sort of did. Still, I managed to live. I go hard. I owe it all to the crib. Now, please tell me what the f- is harder than this.
morning.